welcome to this week's episode of the Master Instructor Roundtable with myself, Wendy Batts, and here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Marty Miller. Marty, how are you today? Great today, Wendy. How about yourself? I am doing very well. Thanks for asking. Um, today's topic is one that we actually got from you guys. Uh, periodically, we try to do this maybe even once a quarter. Uh, Marty and I go into the Facebook group that uh, we will discuss and tell you how to join if you're not a part of it. And we pull out some questions that we think we often get on the back end via with emails. I know we get it from, from social media, um, questions that are pretty common. And so we wanted to bring them to the forefront today on our questions from the group part six. And uh, Marty, why don't we go ahead and dive on in? Yeah, I love this topic in the sense that, you know, you and I became instructors back in 2005 because we wanted to spread the you know, message of the OPT model. And at the end of the day, we want to know what you want to hear about. We go into our own topics on occasion trying to guide you, but it's always good to hear from you and we'll always address those questions. Yes, especially if you're struggling, because that's what we want to do. We want to help and mentor any way we possibly can. And I know we can't do it one on one because there's only two of us. <laughs> so and a lot of you guys. So hopefully today um, we can answer some of those questions that you had. But we are going to talk about the certified personal trainer uh, Facebook group. We're going to talk about the goal of that page. We are also going to talk about our Instagram pages and let you know there are multiple podcasts that NASM does as well. So if you're not a part of our podcast community, you definitely want to make sure that you um, look up. I mean, we've got Darlene, Angie Miller, Rick Ritchie, uh, Andre uh, Adams, and who else am I missing? Ken Miller, myself. Yes, Random Fit. I should have said that one first. And then, of course, <laughs> the one that we do every Thursday at three, the Master Instructor Roundtable. So, and we also have um, Derek Brown as well. Uh, he's some of our new, or he's one of our newer guys. So make sure that you give it a listen, download these guys, because we answer a lot of questions that you have, and it goes over a lot of the courses and the content that we have. And so that's another reason why we like to do these is just to kind of remind you that there is help out there, even if you can't join us live. So Wendy, I can jump in here. So you and I are a big part of the NASM CPT uh, page. I think there's over 13,000 certified credentialed professionals in there now. It's a great group of people, very interactive. You've got people that come from the NAS NASM instructor side, but you also have got many people that have used this model in different facets and different areas of the industry, have had success. So it's a great way to network. So without a doubt, I would highly recommend getting in there, you do have to be approved because you have to have a credential and there's different rules on how we conduct ourselves in there. But it is truly that platform for intellectual interaction with like-minded professionals. It's a great opportunity to grow professionally, find people in your area. Maybe you can go connect with in person and or just connect with in this atmosphere here on social media. But most importantly, it's a place for you to ask questions and get those questions answered by people who've been in the industry with some levels and different levels of expertise within the NASM uh, OPT model. Yeah, and I know I saw, I think it was last week, there were people that were asking, hey, does anyone need a job? And if so, I'm looking for someone in my area. So, you know, there are a lot of opportunities there. So you definitely want to be a part of that page because people are looking for, for um, jobs. There are people that are providing opportunities. And I know NASM reaches out on that page very often if we need some help doing some stuff on the side as well. So social media, continuing that on, uh, I was going to say something about this, but then I realized we had it already in here. 
outside of our normal podcast that Wendy mentioned, there's also the Instagram channels. So there's just content that NESM puts out there. But the key point is we have two different channels. We have the traditional NESM underscore fitness. And then Wendy, if I'm wrong, is it been about a year now, the NESM performance channel came out. Different ideas. You know, you're going to see some similarity, of course. But I'll start with the NASM Fitness. This is the, the bread and butter. It's been there for a long time, a couple hundred thousand followers. And one of the things that I do is I do a coffee talk and go live. However, always looking to answer more questions and get a bigger reach. We're switching that now to where the questions come in on a Thursday. And then the following Wednesday, I will do a handful of different reels. And then I'll continue those topics and conversations throughout the week. So it's not like we've getting, gotten rid of the coffee talk. We're just using a new format that's going to have a bigger reach. And then with the NASM performance, there's a live every week. Wendy and I are on one uh, uh, alternating week, and we call it all things performance. And then behind the abstract with Dr. Guillermo and Tony Amblerite. So you'll always have opportunities weekly to see live on NASM fitness as well as NASM performance. Yeah, you guys want to be sure to like these pages because we do open these conversations up as well. I know, Marty, when we do our all things performance on NASM performance, again, these are every other week that Marty and I do ours. We want to open the group to the topic and, and we're bringing in some of the experts in the field. If we don't feel comfortable because somebody asked us a question that maybe we know somebody that is probably better uh, suited to answer those questions. So I think it's something that you guys will love to be a part of. We do them at various times, but there is information where you can look and see what time that's going to go live. You can put a reminder on your phone. I know Andy Hanley also does something on NASM performance. I think I don't, I'm not sure how many Fridays, but it's called TGIF and it's um, what is it? Uh, grounds in Florida. Yeah, attaining. Yeah, so it's, but they're always on Fridays, I think. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so no anyway, make sure you like both pages or follow both pages. As you can see, NASM performance is newer, so you're going to notice it's a smaller number. However, we get more and more ask and more feedback from the NASM performance right now because that community is super active. So be sure to be a part of both. So, Wendy, here we go with question number one, and I know you pulled these off, so I'll read it and I'll let you kind of jump in there. So, hello, I'm having a hard time figuring out pricing for a client who wants to do two days on the NESM Edge a week. She also does two in-person trainings with me per week. I just don't know what to price the Edge workout at. This will be my first time doing program for clients to do in their own on their own. Thanks for ideas. Wendy, I know that you do this with your clients, so why don't you give a, a thought process behind how you do yours and what you should uh, suggest to this uh, person asking this question. Well, I pulled this one because I think it, you know, it is something that I use. I use with all of my clients and you have so many different options and opportunities. And those of you guys that don't know what NASM Edge is, it's NASM's app where you can go in, you pay, you know, a, a monthly fee for the app itself and you're able to download clients. You can build your own programs, your own workouts. There's a lot of really cool content. And within every exercise, there's um, sets, reps, tempos that you can actually uh, edit yourself. You can all the video or exercises have a video included and it's super, super simple and free for the client. So basically you just tell them how to download the Edge app. They get it. You've already set it up. You put it in their calendar. You as the trainer can go in and make sure that they're doing their workout. You can adjust as needed. And I think it's something that 
I use, I use personally for all of my clients to do their corrective exercise homework, if you will, and they don't have an excuse that they don't know how to do it or they don't have, you know, it costs something. So I give that to them for free because I want them to have access to stuff that I want them to do on their own. So that's one option. It just comes with your services. Or if you are programming and you're doing it alongside of it, you can charge a smaller fee if you want. How long did it take for you to build these programs? How often are you checking in? What is the purpose of these programs? Is it something where they come in and do something with you? You're doing something on the Edge app that's completely different. And then it's like every other time. Or is it something that supplements what you did in the gym? Because again, if it's something they've already done and this is a reminder for them to do, then maybe I wouldn't charge as much. However, if it's a program or a workout that's something completely different where I literally need to look at what I'm doing in person and then how I can complement that, then it's something that I would charge more for. So I'm not answering that question because it depends. And you know, you've got to look at what do you charge for your services and is that something that you're going to just include or how much more do you need to supplement and what is it worth to that client? And are they willing to pay for it? So there are a lot of different ways of looking at it. But if you guys didn't know, NASM1 just came out. That's something that offers the continue education. The Edge app is also included within that monthly fee. I personally think that, you know, I'm part of NASM1 and I love it because I can get everything just all in one. Um, so it's something that if you didn't know about it, I would strongly suggest you looking at it. And if you've never been a part of the NASM Edge, you can actually go in and put one client in for free just to see if you like it. And then at that point, you're going to know if it works best for you. Well, no, well said, Wendy. For me, you know, I just kind of keep it simple at this point in my career. It's kind of like if you went to see a lawyer or an accountant, I charge per hour. And if I need to break that down in 15 minute or 30 minute blocks, I figure out how much work it takes me. And that's what my charge would be. And guys, it's super simple to build a program and you can actually reuse other people and rename it. So just, you know, they did a really good job trying to make it easy and take the time away from the trainers having to every single time, especially if it's something that's pretty common in the corrective program. It's something that you can just have change the name and send to your client. So just FYI. All right. Question two might be a controversial question. But do you start your client time when you are scheduled to start or do you start when they are dressed and ready for the first exercise, whether that be the five minute after your scheduled time? So I'll jump in the way I kind of read it. I can't start their session before they get there. Right. Because they're physically not there. But I start at the beginning. Right. I, I'm not skipping parts. I'm not saying ah, the warm up and the movement prep and the rolling and stretching aren't important. You know, that's that's on them. And the reason I do it that way is because I want them to know that we have a serious process we're going to follow no matter what. I can't just randomly throw it out. Doesn't mean I might not slim it down and get just to the nitty gritty for that day and maybe put in just the need to do's instead of the nice to do's if I had more time. But the program starts when they get there based is how I designed it because I know I can't skip ahead because it's not going to correct things the right way and or it could if anything, increase their chance of an injury. So I do it the way I laid it out. And then maybe I'll tell them how to finish up their program, but hopefully that'll teach them not to be late next time. 
And I think that's a big thing. Today on the Master Instructor Roundtable with myself, Wendy Batts, and Marty Miller, we're actually pulling questions from the group that we had received or had seen on the NASM Certified Personal Trainer Facebook page. And I brought this one onto the PowerPoint and wanted to bring it into our conversation because this is something that I think trainers really struggle with. Guys, if you are busy, you're going to have people every hour on the hour or every 30 minutes or every 45 minutes, whatever that may be. And when you schedule a client for, let's say, a 12 o'clock appointment, I expect them to be there at 1150. And I expect them to start their foam rolling and expect them to start the stretches that I've already shown them how to do. However, if they they get there at 12 or 1205, then they're still going to foam roll. They're still going to stretch. And as Marty said, then I may have to shorten what my plan was based on time. But my time is my time. If they come in 15 minutes late, then you need to shorten that and say, listen, I've got someone right after you. You know that I'm pretty busy. Even if you don't, it's a respect thing. They are paying for one hour of your time. And if you give them just a little leeway one time, then they're going to continue to do that because they they know that you're willing to work over. And even if they're the last client of the day, your hour is your hour. So if you're charging hourly or you're charging per session, you're going to have to be very strict on the timing, just like a cancellation. If somebody cancels within 24 hours, um, then I charge them. And unless it's because someone's sick or something happened, but if it's a last minute cancellation because they overslept or some, you know, they just didn't want to come in, they absolutely get charged. So you just need to hold your ground. You need to realize it's your business and you need to run your business the way that you would expect someone else to. Like when you're, you're scheduled to go to the dentist appointment or whatever appointment you have, you need to be there on time. Couldn't agree more. All right, Wendy, why don't you take this one? Sure, so question number three. Hi everyone, I am a new PT here. So welcome to the group first and foremost. I'm looking to find the gyms I would be interested in applying in, at my area. Basically, I live in a small town right now with one tiny gym and it's a gym, or it's not a gym I want to apply at. So for the next town over, there would be more options, but I've never been to any of them. So Marty, here are the two questions. I'm gonna read both questions because I think they go together. Would it be totally weird if I went to these gyms and asked if I could do a one-time free trial workout day to check out the facility and the staff? Or how do you professionally go about scoping out new gyms to decide what, what might be a good fit and worth applying at? Now, that's an interesting uh, question. And for me, I would kind of merge those two questions into one. I might do both at the same time. I'd walk in, I'd introduce myself, let them know why I was there. And also, I mean, cause they may not be hiring at that time. So it'd be, you know, maybe a very bold statement for me, like, well, I just want to see if I want to apply here, but they might be like, well, we're not hiring. So instead of that, I would just be like, I would love to come check it out. I'm looking for a place to, you know, establish myself. I'd love to do a workout. And that way it opens up the conversation like, well, we're not hiring now, but maybe in the future. Like I always believe honesty is the best way to go about it because it could be very awkward if I went in there and worked out the first day and kind of pretended I was looking just at a gym membership. And then within 24 hours, I'm applying for a job. So I'm always about full transparency because, you know, the way I want to live my life is ethically. So I would walk in and say, hey, I'm here. I'm happy to pay for a, a one day membership. Try the gym out. I may be joining anyways, but I'm also looking, uh, you know, for the great, uh, great opportunity from a work standpoint. And they might say, oh, don't worry about it. The professional courtesy go on us. Right. But that way, to me, there's no 
awkwardness that may come from phase two. If you do enjoy the workout, like what you see, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, weren't you just here yesterday? So I would just be straightforward, cut to the chase, tell them the why and see what happens from there. Absolutely. And I think too, you, Marty and I have both managed clubs. I want people to be honest with me. And so often this has happened. That's another reason we put this on here. That has happened to me where someone has called and said, listen, I've heard great things about your gym. I've never actually seen the facilities and I am a personal trainer looking for an opportunity. So may I come and look at the facility? And if so, you know, may I work out there just to kind of see the vibe? And I absolutely told them to come in. I, I asked them to come and ask for me specifically so I could introduce myself. I think that relationship and building rapport, not only with your members when you're, or, or your clients, it's very important to obviously have that rapport and close relationship with your staff. And so if this is someone that is a potential that you want to see how they interact, and then it's also good for me to see how they work out. Do they work out following any type of, of model? Did they do a warm up and see if they're a good fit for what my gym offered? So I think it's, it's very um, important for both parties, but just give them a call as well. You know, ask them if you can come in, ask them if they're hiring and get to know a little bit more about that person. Because I know, like I said, as a manager, that was something that I I was actually excited about because they found me. I didn't have to go and find them. And then I just needed to see if they were a good fit. Couldn't agree anymore. All right. I love this picture here, Wendy. So just for that alone, I'm now going to read the question. <laughs> Do you know any discounts we CPTs get for fitness gear or clothing? The NESM Pro discounts. Wendy, take this away. But great picture. Anyone listening? I don't even know how to describe it, but a bunch of 80s workout clothes would be the way I'd go with it. I'm telling you, the headband, the tights, and it's a man with a beard that's got his hair. You know, it's just, it's all it's all the things. Right. You need to now download the podcast colors. and watch the pictures, if anything. Right. Um, however, yes, so we we get this often. Guys, we, as a NASM certified personal trainer, we have the ability to get discounts on a lot of different things. And if you log into your NASM, if you go to NASM.org and you log Log into your back end of your account. If you scroll down, you're going to see something that says NASM discounts. And we get great benefits for being a certified personal trainer. And so when I say that, you um, you get discounts on supplements, you get discounts on clothing. There are a bunch of different things you can look at. Um, Hyperice, Garmin, you, all of it is on the back end of who we're partnered with. And they've given us exceptional discounts. However, if you're looking for clothing, you know, you're you're a Lulu fan and you want a Lululemon discount. Yes, you just go onto their site. You would apply. Same thing with Viore, Athleta. There are a lot of really great companies that if you are a personal trainer, they're going to want to see your certification. They're going to want to make sure that it's up to date and valid. You get anywhere from 15, 20, 25, maybe even 40 percent off, depending on on what products you're looking at. So be sure to check out the gear. Or, or our discounts for the gear or especially modalities too to add into your your toolbox yeah, and who doesn't like a good discount i'm telling you i do <laughs> all right question number five here hi everyone just looking for some advice i have a client who is 360 pounds looking to lose weight and gain muscle she's doing amazing so far and seeing results my question is what type of leg exercise would be appropriate she can't get onto the floor and back up because of her knees and her low back is iffy with any kind of pressure. Squats have been fine, but I'm just looking for some more leg exercises. 
I don't just think she can comfortably get into a legging machine and just use it yet. So I'll jump in here first, Wendy, and then see where you take the sure. question as well. So when we see the word squats, I, I'm going to assume it's a body weight squat. I doubt it would be a backloaded bar squat. And the reason I say it is first and foremost, what phase of training is this person in? I'm hoping that they're doing a lot of corrective exercise and stabilization endurance because that way you can get these movement patterns locked in. And there's no question getting up or off the ground can be very difficult. So first and foremost, uh, if we're going to do a multi-joint exercise, a ball squat is a great way for anybody. doesn't have to be somebody in this specific condition, but a ball squat is a fabulous exercise for anyone that wants to you know, save the joints. There are some lower body exercises, just like upper body exercises that can produce great results, but at more of a risk to the joints, right? And, you know, if you're not competing and, you know, doing certain types of sports, I like to eliminate some of those exercises and a back squat is one of them. So even for me, the, that's not an exercise I do. I, but I would absolutely wear a weight vest. I would do hold dumbbells and do a back squat at a, either a slow controlled tempo, like stabilization endurance, four, two, one, or a two, zero, two in the strength phase. And it's excellent on the joints and great for someone that needs some guidance and a cue on how to learn how to squat properly. So that's one suggestion. Also a suspension trainer. So you're using that to guide you to where you lessen a little bit of your body weight and can kind of sit back into that squat is another great exercise. Any single leg balance exercises are phenomenal. And then the other alternative is if they can't get to the floor, bring the floor up to them, potentially in your facility, you may have a mat table or a massage table that they can get on to do your bridges, your, you know, uh, sideline leg raises, things like that. And then also, Wendy, I know that you're a huge fan of mini bands. So I'll kind of throw it over to you at this point and see what your thoughts are. Yeah. I mean, it, when we say leg exercises, I mean, there's a lot of muscles to the leg. So what, what are we really trying to target here? And you said it, Marty, I think the single leg balance exercises are great because it works on the, the uh, foot stabilization pattern. You're working on building your arch, which is also going to help work the lower leg as well as trying to get the hips and the glutes to activate. Um, whether you're doing, you know, single leg balance with reaches, whether you're doing something like a step up and people sometimes get scared of step ups, but you know what, we, we have to step up onto steps and we have to step in life. So just start with a small box and then have something close to help them with their balance if they're very unstable. And then at that point too, it's something that translates into activities of daily living. However, we know that we're getting quad and glute activation and it's more of a single leg versus just the squat. So you're still following those parallel lines and still working throughout that pattern. And then as they get stronger that way, you're going to move them in all three planes of motion. You can then increase the box size. You can then, you know, have them even holding on to a Smith machine that's a, a fixed bar and doing some sort of like uh, reverse lunges, if you want, or lunge to balance. It doesn't have to be a very deep lunge in the very beginning. You're working on that pattern. Marty and I are huge fans of cables. So you can always get, they have uh, straps that can go around your ankle where they Velcro around there, where they can hold on to something and do abduction, which we know usually the abductors are usually weak. So the outer hip. So that's a great one for that. You can also have them do curls. So standing leg curls for the hamstrings. You can then, if they're working on balance, do a single leg Romanian deadlift. There's a lot of fundamental movement patterns that you can implement here that will target the lower legs or the legs in general. So I think 
the sky's the limit. You just, that's why that picture's there. You have to be creative, but don't just have her continuously doing squats, you know, and if you are going to do the ball squats or something, maybe once they are strong enough, have them hold the weight, have them hold the last one for 30 seconds or 60 seconds. So challenge time under tension. So there's a lot of variations that you can do here. It's just do something different and teach them different patterns. And two things that came to my mind while you were talking, Wendy's first and foremost, if people do a standing leg abduction or and, and combine that even with hip extension, just the weight of your leg alone, if you hold for 5, 10, 15 seconds can be more than enough. So you may not even need to use a cable. And then also, no matter uh, how you do it, as far as the, the load doesn't have to be high or the intensity, even a sled push is a phenomenal way for someone to learn how to engage multiple muscles in a sequence, that triple flexion, triple extension. And it's very safe, very effective. It doesn't have to even be with any external load outside the weight of an unloaded sled. So that's another great way to get somebody to really activate their whole uh, entire lower body of the kinetic chain there. And it's also great for what's going to happen in life, but another way to burn calories as well. Indeed. All right, Marty. So this is a long question. I'm going to read it to you because okay. it's actually go over, it goes over two slides. And I think it's, it's something that we get often because people are scared to charge their worth. So I'm mm -hmm. going to start it with that. Okay. So the question is this, my gym prices for personal training sessions are high in their opinion. Some of my clients are fine with it, but a couple are not. I got a new client and haven't trained her yet. She wants to train three times a week, but can only budget once a week. This makes me sad. And I'm, I've been conflicted about it even long before her. This just adds to it. I feel the price of co is cost prohibitive to a lot of people. One thing that dry, or drove me to this field, other than my own fitness journey, was seeing how my husband needs exercise. I see what he needs, but we couldn't afford to hire him a trainer at my rate. Luckily, I train him for free. So we go to the next slide. This is now starting the questions. That group of people need help so much due to manual labor they perform and awkward repetitive movements they have to do at work. However, they are not wealthy by any means, so they suffer. The high fee on top of the gym membership prevents a lot of them from getting help to get fit and stronger. Anyone ever been in this situation? I'm not trying to work for free, and I know this is a business, but I'd be fine charging less to help more people. I know not everyone in my situation, or I know not everyone is in my situation, but just really conflicted. Yeah, that's an interesting um, take on uh, a very impactful question is uh, when you're running a business, you the odds of you being successful just by revenue from a membership is slim to none. You need secondary revenue without a doubt. So then what is that price point? And for me, if I was a business owner taking all the emotion out of it, I would look at kind of like a bell-shaped curve. Am I hitting enough income and paying my people well so that way I get the best of the best as my employees? If all of a sudden I start to see that I'm not generating enough revenue and I can't employ the type of people I want, like I have to kind of factor that between supply and demand and, and the price. Now, if we look at your situation specifically, you know, I don't know what somebody needs to make. I don't know the area. I don't know the prices and I don't know the business model. But if I look at how can we maybe help you solve this without knowing the business side and the owner's situation is, have you thought of small group training, right? 
personal training is personal training. And anytime I do anything one-on-one, there should be a higher cost than if I'm going in with other people to share that expense. So is it possible that instead of charging one-on-one and let's just say it's 80 to a hundred dollars, could you charge a group of four people $25? The club is still bringing in a hundred dollars revenue, but now we're addressing the needs of people that either don't want nor could afford the one-on-one. So that would be my first thought, not really understanding what's going on within that business. And are they truly charging way too much or are there enough people they're paying that, that it dictates that price. So since we can't solve that, let's look at what the alternatives are. And the alternatives could be small group. And it also could be using technology to guide them at a light, you know, like we talked about in a different question here, can you use technology to lessen the price point for some more individualized training? Mm-hmm. And I say this because I've been there where I feel like our rates sometimes are really high, especially if the gym takes a cut or if I wasn't able to say this is what I want to charge. And the gym was the one that makes that decision for me. So as Marty just said, there are a lot of ways that you can do it. I think group training, I'm going to second that because I do believe that I actually helped open clubs. That That's what we did for people that couldn't afford the one on one sessions at a higher rate. And that gym was very successful. And it was just training four or five people all at the same time. They were still doing individual things. So the trainers that we hired had to be really good at multitasking because they had to constantly keep changing programs or weights and setting everything up and demoing it before the other persons, you know, or other people got done. So there are those options. Another thing, too, that you can think about if you don't want to use technology and if group training isn't there, Um, or isn't an option, which it should be, but let's say it's not. You can also talk to the owner of the the club and ask if maybe one Saturday you could open up the club or even meet at a park and do some like a free workout where everybody that wants to show up can show up and you do some sort of, you know, exercise workout on your own time. You're volunteering your time. And then A, that can help you build a business. So maybe if some people want to come to you, instead of going to the gym, you can go to their house, charge less or more or whatever your rate is. And then that's, that's a way that you can um, start to work uh, like as kind of a side job too, where maybe you choose to work at a, a lighter cost if you're going and doing something different for people that need help. So there, it just kind of depends on what you want to do. But the one thing I will honestly say is don't ever say that you charge too much because your worth is your worth, whether it's your boss that thinks you're worth that or whether you're worth that. I charge a very high rate where I'm at. I do. But I have a lot of education. I have a lot of confidence and I think I can help everyone. I have that. I honestly feel that way. And so if somebody can't afford me two or three times a week, then what I do is say, let me help you once a week. And then I want you to take what I did with you. I will give you that program, put it on an app, and I want you to do it two other times on your own. And then do it where you're still having them work out three times a week, but they're doing it twice on their own without you because they can only afford to see me once a week. Don't ever say, well, I charge too much. So just keep that in mind that your worth is your worth. Your hour and your time is your is your rate. And you should feel confident about that. However, you're going to have to find other alternatives and solutions to help those that maybe can't afford you. Now, great advice. There's not one way to answer this question. So hopefully... Between the two of us, we gave you some food for thought there and we'll help resolve your situation. So when we move on to the next thing here, things to consider. Always what's most important is what do the client's assessment show? Shockingly, pretty much every single 
master instructor roundtable, it's always going to come back to the assessments, right? We have to assess people so we're not guessing. So that's that's one part of it. So these are other parts here. How long have they been working out? Are they familiar with the basic movements? What are their goals? The more you can educate them, the more you can teach them. And then you have to formally reassess every four to six weeks. That's a standard. Every exercise progression is an assessment in itself, but you do have to reassess every four to six weeks because then you'll know if it's time to move to the next phase. Then always follow the acute variables. Those are the key principles here within the NASM OPT model. If you want to get the results from each phase of training, it's always going to come down to those acute variables. And do not overcomplicate the exercises. They don't need to be fancy. That's where the phase of training, planes of motion come in. Yes, you can progress. Yes, you can expand your exercise library. But a lot of times uh, trainers are kind of way out in front of their skis with the exercise complexity that they give. The complexity can be really just following the acute variable specifically, and that's where great outcomes happen. And know the muscles or the movement patterns you're trying to target. So those are key things to consider. So any of you joining just now on the Master Instructor Roundtable, Marty Miller here with Wendy Bats. One of those topics, again, where we're taking questions from the group. Hopefully you find that this is highly impactful. And that's the key thing that we want to do is make sure we're reaching out to all of you, answering your specific questions on how you can have the biggest impact in your uh, career. So the key takeaways, the big thing, guys, let us know where you need help. Marty and I really want to help you. I know as well as some of the other master instructors that we have and admins that are a part of the Facebook groups, there are so many opportunities where we can help you or the community itself always chimes in as well, because there are other people that are probably in the same situation or may have had the question in the past where you can even look it up if you don't want to ask the question um, because you can go back and look at some previous posts. So become a part of the NASM CPT Facebook page if you're not. Again, all you have to do is show that you um, have your certification. NASM looks at the back end to make sure that it's it's valid. And then we let you onto that page. Please follow both of the NASM Instagram channels. And NASM underscore fitness. Marty does his coffee talk. There's a lot of great content in there. Be a part of the NASM Performance Instagram page because Marty and I, we talk uh, every other week. We bring in some great people. There's like Dr. G, again, talks about research and articles and helps break it down so we can understand it. There are great tips that Andy provides, a lot of great video that we've done. So I think it's something that you guys would really, really enjoy. Um, use all your resources. If you need discounts, if you need materials, go to nasm.org, log in, because that back page can give you some great information. If you need continuing education at a really good price, along with the Edge app that we discussed today, be a part of NASM One. They have some great information, and we've gotten really good feedback that's brand new to NASM. So check that out if you're not part of that already. Um, stick to the OPT model. Marty and I have done it for over 20 years and we've been super successful using it. And the reason why we, we are successful is because it works. We follow the acute variables. We look at the assessments. We listen to our clients and then we program accordingly. And as I just said before, you're going to see our contact on the next page. Be sure to let us know how we can help. Ask us questions or ask questions to the group. And we will do our best to either put it on a podcast, reach out to you directly, or like I said, we'll, we'll contact you or you can find us in the community and we can try to help you there as well. Great point. So Wendy, if you could give these amazing people your contact information. Sure. You can email me at wendy.bat to nasm.org, or you can find me uh, on Instagram at wendy.bats13. 
And here's my information. So Instagram is dr.martymiller72. And then my email is marty.miller at nasm.org. Wendy, thanks for putting this together, diving through the NASM CPT page and picking out those, you know, key questions that we hear all the time. And then hopefully we can, you know, kind of check the box there, give some people some ideas. So now they can move forward in those directions. And for all of you that joined us this week, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the Master Instructor Roundtable.